pale horse. The man who sat on him was dead. And hell followed with him. You're killing me, man. Hello and welcome to another episode of Declarations of War. I'm your host, Alexei Card. We've got a full cast today, or a pretty full cast. We've got Diamond Fury. Howdy, everybody. Levitain. G'day, g'day, g'day. And Zero Cool. Hello, New Eden. Okay, we had a poll for the previous episode. Pick a side, RC or fire. Wrecking Crew netting a pretty respectable 71% of votes from our audience. Which, uh, you know, I kind of agree with. We have friends on both sides, but as a coalition, I have to say Wrecking Crew. Real question is, is it going to matter? Is any of this going to matter? Fire <laughs> is uh, currently losing the war. Uh, they're taking it on both sides from Imperium and Wrecking Crew, but this has been totally overshadowed by announcements from CCP that they are going to be raising the sub and omega prices Raising them a pretty nasty one-third if you're paying the game on a monthly basis. So uh, going from 15 US dollars to 20 US dollars, apparently the percentage spike is higher in other countries. Uh, the Japanese yen, I believe, well, I believe I, I read in the only place that it's been mentioned, might be going up about 50%. as a, a staggering jump. So that's kind of derailed everything from my perspective. I think the only thing that's proceeded normally since that blog dropped has been the Anger Games tournament. And even there, we were talking about it in between practices. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of taking all the oxygen out of the room from the rest of the game right now. So let's let's get into it. It was a bit of a showstopper. Like every conversation about Eve suddenly stopped. Yeah. It was like a, you know, you're in a party and like you're just having conversation. Then someone says something and just the rest of the room just happens to go quiet at the same time. And they're still talking at the normal decibel level. So everyone hears them and they're all looking at you. I I thought of this more akin to the when the music stops and somebody farts really loud and everybody turns and looks. That's kind of more what (laughs) happened here. I couldn't agree more. less, less generous, but all right. It really has thrown things. I mean, for me personally, I was at work when the news broke. I just happened to get a notification, another email from CCP. I thought, oh, I had a look. And it kind of threw me for a good hour. I was like, oh, my. I didn't look on Reddit until I got home. Um, I had I had work to do. But uh, it's, re- it's really all my focus on everything that I've been thinking about for the last two weeks just is gone. And it's, it's just this now. I mean, it's... It- I mean, we know obviously a lot of countries right now are dealing with, if, you, if we put on the real life hat for a moment about supply chains and, whatnot, and the price of everything's going up, like the UK, the US, I know it's there. Um, and so in one respect, it seemed a little bit kind of naive to think maybe computer games are effective. But again, at, at the other side of it, you think, well, hang on, how does, how does a third justify it? And, and the timing sucks, you know, just before FanFest. Yeah, I think there's a big why now question going on and there's a lot of back and forth on it um first of all you know we got to think of even the wider context of other subscription services because it is one at the end of the day it's a game we all love 
but it's a subscription service, a digital content subscription service. Um, you got Netflix increasing prices, Hulu increasing prices. You know, price increases are happening. Some of them, like Netflix, not being uh, accepted very well by the consumers. Uh, some online games have been increasing prices, but you'll, at least from the people that have posted about recent increases in the games they're playing, we're seeing smaller increases, one to two dollars. Uh, the total cost of an Eve subscription, again, if you're paying monthly, which is the baseline for people, certainly if you're going to be trying the game out and you want to start playing it, that's the number you're going to be looking at. It's 20 bucks. That's a lot of money. Um, that's, I think somebody posted the Xbox Games Pass or something like that. Some Microsoft Game Pass where you get access to like a ridiculous amount of games for that amount of money. Um, there's there's a lot of alternatives for digital content at that same price point, and none of them rely on other people also playing for the game to be enjoyable, which is where I think the price increase really gets uh, insidious in that uh, if Netflix loses 20% of subscribers, that sucks. But for every remaining subscriber, their experience is not impacted. If Eve loses 20% of subscribers, that sucks for the company but it also sucks for every other remaining subscriber. We feel that it reduces the interactions in the game. It cuts down the number of friendship ties that you have in the game. The chances that aren't, you know, those are the ties that are keeping you playing yourself. I thought the why now actually made kind of some sense. If I, if I put it in the right light, the concept of them having a price hike and the why now my best bet is that this isn't something they wanted to announce at FanFest. I wouldn't want to say this on the stage in front of everybody live and in person. No. I wouldn't want to announce this at FanFest. So all of the stuff that they're going to announce at FanFest, typically and historically speaking, is usually raucously amazing. Can't wait. This is so going to be so good. Let's get so excited. If they're going to run FanFest that way this year and have a bunch of really amazing announcements... They don't want to follow it up the next day with this announcement because all conversations in EVE would stop suddenly and excitement wouldn't be what's left over after FanFest. So I kind of feel like they squeezed this one out the door real quick so that we'd have to walk past it on our way to FanFest and be like, oh, that stinks. And then FanFest is going to be like, okay, well, the game's going to be good now. Yeah, I mean, so this has to have been CCP's math. We have to announce this. We didn't know we were going to have to announce it before we put out the Road to FanFest blog, but we do know we're going to have to announce it before we can get any of the good stuff that FanFest is supposed to release actually out on the server. So uh, this is as good as it's going to get, and for whatever reason, they don't have enough uh, runway at the current spending and, and admin budget to like get them far enough to a place where the players are actually going to be happy with what they're putting out. Which is pretty damning, I think, for CCP as a product and a company. But um, you know, if you're if you have to pick between two bad options, like announce this right before or right after or during FanFest, putting out before makes the most sense of those bad options because whatever comes out at FanFest is not going to be as bad as this, and whatever comes out at FanFest. You know, like you said, everyone's going to complain about a price hike no matter what. So it's going to dominate the conversation instead of all the exciting features they want you to talk about. 
And it's yeah, been like, maybe. holy shit, were those the options? Like, how did we get there? Yeah, I do agree with that because ultimately it sounds like the decision had been made and it was a case of we have to communicate this to the play base now because the decision has been made. To wait would be unfair, it would be disingenuous. And this way, it's more upfront and at least now you get to see uh, the new announcements in the in the light in which you know the reality of, of the future is going to be cast upon. I, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. That this is the the lesser of the three evils of before, during, and after. But as as Alex said at the very beginning, um, twenty bucks, twenty dollars a a month compared to you know other. I think Elder Scrolls Online is fifteen dollars. FF FF fourteen is eleven. You can buy the EA Sport, the EA Game Pass for um, you know. If you think about a 12-month subscription to EVE, uh, you can buy two AA, um, game passes for that itself. There is there is a huge amount of competition out there, both from uh, from kind of play-on-demand services itself, um, EA, you know, Xbox, PS Now, for example. Um, there are free-to-play with lots of with kind of microtransactions in Warframe, um, various other games like that. There's a lot of competition out there, and um, this. Is this is a steep product? This makes Eve one of the most expensive. If you're paying per month, of course, if you if you buy in like twelve or twenty four month uh, denominations, you know, the the economics are better, but you're committing for longer. Um, but they're going to have to really justify this price increase with something really quite special, I think, and really different from a lot of other fan fests we've seen before. Somebody may. Somebody out there may correct us, but as far as I'm aware, I, I believe it's the most subs- expensive subscription game on the market, possibly ever. Has there been an MMO that's more than twenty bucks a month? That uh, well, I mean, Fallout seventy six has been sitting there for quite a while now. We don't talk about Fallout seventy six. <laughs> was that a subscriber game, really? Oof. It, yeah, it, it was bad when it first came out. It's, I think it's one of those games that's gone a little bit better, but it was it was a steaming pile of trash when it first came out. <laughs> I don't know how much it costs in dollars, but it's it's up there uh, in pounds, great British pounds uh, in terms. All right, of well, I, I stand corrected. Uh, the only game more expensive anyone can name is one of the worst debacles in gaming history. <laughs> Very good. That's a fair <laughs> statement. Very good. It certainly puts Eve in the premium product category. Unless you're, unless you're like a hardcore star citizen guy, but then that's that's a whole different kettle of fish. Well, that's not an official subscription. They just keep moving the game release back and make you pay for it every time. <laughs> it's, it's not a recurring uh, payment you can sign up for. They just you know keep asking for money. I mean, in theory, I, I don't mind Eve being a premium cost subscription game if it's a premium level game that'd be okay and i think think on top of that like the premium part of it has to come from the developers like most of the best parts of eve are player driven uh sometimes enabled by ccp sometimes in spite of ccp or in outright defiance of ccp uh like a refusal to die uh in that context, why does CCP, the company, get that more money? Now, they have subsequently went onto the EVE Discord, uh, CCP Paragon, and put out sort of a, an ad hoc q and I guess would be the best way to phrase it. Obviously, we don't have the audio in front of us while we're, lis- or, excuse me, while we're recording this, but I do encourage you all to go listen to it. 
some highlights were that inflation was a driver and also the Russian-Ukrainian war was a driver. Um, lost subscriptions from Russia, either due to sanctions or just due to um, the economic issues that Russia is facing. That's probably a pretty substantial uh, part of this. You know, they're going to say inflation, but I think in the context of how many Russians play EVE, um, that that could have been a considerable revenue shortfall that, of course, you know, how can you plan for that? I get that. Yeah. But I, I really am curious. Like, I, I wish they would put out the math. Is Were the numbers really that convincing to increase the subscription price when the game is already struggling to attract and retain players? Instead of say lowering it and encouraging more people to multi box or you know stop doing all these sales that they seem to constantly be doing, like was was the uh, putting more sticker shock on on the game really the answer? Giving people an opportunity to, to have a thought about the question: Is Eve still worth it to play? When if you didn't touch that number, you know people probably would have just said yes and kept the auto pay going. Well, I think one thing to think about is that perhaps there was a price increase required, a smaller one, and that the Russia situation, the loss of that income has pushed that higher. But also that the funding model for niche products like this has changed over the last decade, I think. You know, crowdsourcing your your revenue to develop your product is now a valid way of getting niche products into the market, those that meet the specific need. And, you know, the fan bases of games, and I'm not just talking computer games now, also things like board games, they've shown that, you know, if you can show us something that uh, that we want to, to do and want to engage in, that we as a, a community are willing to front the money. And, uh, you know, there's lots of very niche products out there at the moment that wouldn't exist without a dedicated fan base and, and some people who are willing to uh, prop that up uh, and make it happen in that way. Well, unfortunately, are, you anyway, have, are you saying we should have Kickstarter expansions for EVE? I'm not even saying that's a bad idea. It's just, is that your point? To, to be honest, that's kind of what I'm trying to get, get to really is that perhaps this is what we're faced with now is a situation where at FanFest will be, and I won't come on to what I think about that yet, but at FanFest we'll be presented with a concept that if we want to buy into, we'll have to invest in. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. I'm not sure how many after how many years of Eve going on, and there's, uh, as you say, there is a there is a a greater challenge against Eve of, of attracting new blood into the game, though it does happen, versus a lot of the old guard around. To suddenly turn around to the old guard and say, "Thank you very much for your years of service. Now, please." You know, sign on to this particular plan, or would you be prepared to crowdsource us to keep going itself? You, you may get some some loyalty out of that, but I, I wonder how much of that will be seen in the optics of the fact that the price of everything's going up. You know, and if you're if you're someone, let's say, who manages between kind of student loans and everything else, and all the price of foods going, price of your bills going up, your electric going up, and you've got two or three accounts of Eve online going up and suddenly the price gets jacked by a third, you're gonna knock you're gonna think very um long and hard about how many of those accounts you're gonna keep going up without some kind of investment in there. Yeah, yeah I mean CCP the company is experiencing inflation, but so are all their customers. You know, the supply chain disruption, all of that, it's affecting everybody and it's really crunching the budgets of a lot of folks. Diamond, you had a point earlier, but I don't think you had a chance to speak. You want to jump in? I, I was just, you know, 
I was thinking about what Zero was saying, and I, like if we were talking about kickstarting expansions, at, at first my first impulse would be like, "Good luck." The Eve community would be like, "No," and they would have wasted so much time building these expansion ideas. No, screw CCP. That's what the Eve community would have said, right? But I, I, on reflection, uh, after that brief moment of reflection I had, I actually wouldn't mind. I think there could be a concept in there where they like lay out their plans for the next two or three expansions and had the Kickstarter style crowdfunding, like which ones it would certainly tell them which direction not to run in anymore. Cause that's been a problem with CCP and the fan base forever is they'll start running and we're all standing there going, where are you going with this? This is ridiculous. Uh, and then they get to the end and they're like, Oh, that probably wasn't a good idea. If they had some kind of crowdfunding for expansion system going, it would certainly keep the people who are invested playing. I think after after use, um, after even CCP's acquisition by Pearl Abyss, I think that would be a little bit of a of a tricky one. You know, you, you basically turn around and say we're going to adopt almost a star citizen type model of uh, pay to improve things and invest and invest your cash in this. I, I just. I wonder, I'm not sure CCP has considered all the angles there. Um, and I think that that could backfire spectacularly. I mean, it would be weird because, you know, they're already, players are already paying. <laughs> and, you know, staff is already being paid. And while inflation is a thing, also, I think it's important that everyone remembers, especially CCP defenders on the forums and Reddit, Twitter, etc. The subscription is not the only way CCP makes money anymore. It's not like this is 2003 and you should compare the subscription now to 2003, like the worth of currency in 2003. Uh, They have monetization around skins now, skill injectors, so many other ways that the company is driving revenue for themselves. And, you know, there are other ways that they still could be doing it. Now, apparently, again, Paragon has said that they've looked into that and those models either aren't sustainable or scalable or they're just not hitting the mark. So allegedly they've looked into some of these items, uh, you know, things like Alliance skins. And it was one thing that came up specifically. I don't yeah. know how that is, or, or I guess the better question is like, okay, well, if that's not hitting the mark, then what is your mark? Because that's like a hundred thousand dollars immediately from Goonswarm alone. Yeah. And I think, I think that a lot of the, like there's so much, revenue streams they could be exercising that they aren't um, for whatever reason. I mean, I've heard a number of reasons for uh, from them about different things, but also like they, they need to go outside the box and think of more and new and interesting things to be doing as well, because there is really no end to the amount of money I will throw at this stupid game over the last 20 years. But like, I don't, buy very many skins because I'm not interested in very many skins. Like they don't excite me. The ones that I'm excited about, I get, or they're stupidly rare and very, very difficult to get or, or expensive to buy. I think the point there is that this is a very unique product and there is very little competition. Um, and yeah, of course they could sell, uh, Alliance skins to the, to, to the initiative play base. Um, and then when they go changing the game up because they feel like, 
it needs a big shift in, in direction to survive another 10 years, that player base is going to be pretty frustrated. Um, maybe this way, it's more like an upfront, we're going to have to change things to keep going. We're going to have to change things to keep this game interesting. And everyone's going to have to contribute. Um, but also this this idea that it's not scalable, I, I don't know. I mean, it would certainly raise you know money in the short term, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, the long and the short of it, I think what it's all really going to boil down to, sadly, is the announcements at FanFest. I think that either they're going to uh, take off enough of the blocks that everybody's going to stay around, or they're not. And that's then then it'll be, we will see the devastation in the population that we're expecting from the price hike. Um, but they've given us enough enough warning that those of us who are interested in seeing what they have to say and say, hey, this might work out, we'll be able to pay ahead of time enough that it'll be worth it, maybe. Yeah, so there's a couple dynamics at play there. Um, one, despite no matter how amazing everything is going to be at FanFest, there are some percentage of players which are going to not be able to afford the extra increase or don't, excuse me, they, they may not be able to really afford Eve now, but they're paying anyway, and now they're going to take this opportunity to reevaluate what they're spending their time and money on. So the player population will drop. That's not That's simple economics. That's just how it's going to be. Question is by how much? If it would it's be tragic to see a thirty percent drop in accordance with the thirty percent price hike. Yes, well, that's, that's, which is that's the point possible. I was just about to make. If if it's exactly what it is, I think the cost of the game is actually going to be greater than the amount of players that leave. So if it's exactly on par with the price hike, that's not a great trade. I mean, you look at the. I mean, obviously. EU players contribute a lot to this and there's as we mentioned a lot of real life pressures there on on the economic side of things itself I mean the only the people that might not be as affected by this are those who multi-box in such a way that they're, they're they complex main game this is your raw or multi-box as if you will very few of people are really going to be able to do that without dipping their hands into their pockets and I just I think after all of this and when the ground, when the settles, I say if the, if the population gets hit by twenty five percent or more, that's going to be horrific. Um, just for uh, just for everything going going forward. Well, but the price of flex, uh, the price of flex is rolling up. Just as like it's going to meet it, right? It's it was already it's, it's being bought. It's being bought up now. I mean, it, it's people with the with the cash now are, are, are taking advantage of that kind of stock. But it's the Eve Online is 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 also is is its own market as well. This how many times have we seen that you know a, a module's about to be buffed and you know someone goes into Gita and buys every every copy of it they've got. Right, but I mean, Plex, Plex was already rolling upwards, uh, kind of uncontrollably, and now with the Omega price and Plex being raised, we're like it's just going to be just as unmanageable in the same percentage, right? The same percentage of is going to go up in game as well. Yeah. It'll be harder for people that rely on it to be able to generate the ISK to do it. Yeah, I mean the current the Plex prices, I think, were about well, I think they're about three point six right now, which is about one point eight billion in order to do a month, you know. And if you're if you're even for an Omega player itself, you know, having to generate one point eight billion worth of this, that's not if you if you're just starting on the game, that's a pretty tall order. I've been playing the game like the whole time, and that is a tall order for me to pin pin down two billion a month. Yeah, it's it's not just doing it; it's the per month part. 
That's a lot of yeah. this generation. That's, that's you know even 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 someone who uh, like let's say you triple box T six abyssals itself. That's a lot of investment still into that, given that you might potentially, you know, run about a, you know, a hundred to two hundred mil an hour itself um, to go into that, and that's for those people who can do it, and that's that's a big kind of ceiling to that. Yeah, and that's that's some dedicated play, right? Like yeah. I'm a I'm a casual player, uh, and I, I can do two billion a month, but barely. Normally, I'm losing two billion a month easily. Zero. Another example would be, I think, in terms of that higher level. PVP, uh, sorry, PVE uh, income is incursions, right? You, you get about 100 mil an hour doing incursions if you've got a group of people that can, and it's, it takes a group, right, to stay safe, to be able to run the sites. That's a lot of time. And that's, that's, that's if you sit there for, you know, that focus the entire time um, and you don't get disturbed by gankers or whatever else. Um, it is really a tall order plus the investment. Um, it, it just, I suppose, means that, you know, people's time now in the game is now sort of almost worth less uh, and people's willingness to purchase packs, um, allows them more, uh, isk in the game if they want to sell it to people for their time. Well, let's get into FanFest specifically. I think you're right. This is going to determine a lot of how things play out. Paragon has said this this is going to be the largest content update that they've ever announced. That's a high bar. It's a bar they've not come close to hitting for several years. And uh, I think the expectations for that, even if they didn't put that tagline on it, are going to be remarkably high in the context of this price increase. What realistically could they say that comes out in the time frame that people would be generous enough to give them in the context of player faith in the company that that might justify what we're seeing here? Obviously, there's a lot of speculation, but... Are you talking about potentially things that are going to change the fundamentals of the game? Not completely, but certainly some of the uh, paradigms that we, we we currently exist in. I mean, I, I've only been playing a relatively short time, but I've kept an eye on EU for a long time. And, you know, some people have said, oh, it'll have to be, uh, you know, in line with, app, what was it called? Apocrypha update back in, yeah. in 2009. And I, so I thought, oh, what, what was that? So I looked it up. And uh, I'm sure you know, uh, many people who listen to this will know, but I'll just remind you, I think it was um, Tech 3 Cruisers was in that and wormholes in one sort of release. And I think now, I think, well, if you think about it, that content is still up there as sort of, you know, some of the most loved content in the game. And it must have fundamentally changed the game to be able to, I suppose, design your own ship, uh, for want of a better word, and also to be able to sort of have these wormholes that, again, fundamentally change the way people can move around space, but also live in space. Um, and then other things that have come up in the past that have changed the game significantly seem to be around you know, resource distribution and the sort of the wars that were prompted around that. So, I mean, content, uh, a big content patch uh, is not like fixes. So uh, content that could potentially come out that I think of off the top of my head that would be that big would be Tech 3 Battleships and the opening of Jove Space. Yeah, I've heard I've heard Joe thrown around as a potential thing. Any other theory? Tech three frigates would be nice. 
I just I, there's there's so much that they could potentially bring in. I mean, obviously there's the, there's there's the stuff that they're fixing you know, about kind of structures and resource grinding. But I mean, if the player base drops by twenty to thirty percent, itself space may end up getting a little bit more deserted anyway. In in low sec and null sec anyway. Um, there's lots of stuff I'd like to see. Um, but I think one of the things that I suppose that I would like to see them as a, as a way of mitigating this would be for them to drop the amount of plex needed to to create Omega just for those people that are in the game right now. Like you shouldn't have to earn two billion a month in order to have access to T two logistics. Um, they have increased the price of, uh, price of Omega. It's gone the other way. So I mean, but, but I'm, not, I'm not saying buy Omega. I mean the amount of in-game cash required for to create Omega, like lowering the Plex price to 400 for Omega. Oh, that's just, it. Currently, 500. You know, what if you drop that down to 300? So you only need 300 Plex to generate a month's worth of um, content itself. I appreciate it. It's kind of unbalanced because of the of the of the way the currency exchanges is, but I, I don't see. I, I, I got. To, I don't see what they could potentially bring in, and this might just be my lack of imagination. I'm fully happy with that. What they could come in that could particularly justify this, particularly after everything that they have tried thus far. There was you know, some well, talk. Say with things that justified, like to be clear, things that would justify you paying an extra five dollars a month. Uh, zero. I don't know about you, but Tech Three Frigates does not do that for me. No, I mean. What, what have people been asking for, right? I mean, you think about the, the missions, uh, an overhaul, uh, a, a real attempt to make those more engageable. You, you look at the new player experience and how wonderful it looks when you open the game now for the first time and you see the, the graphics, the, the design, the, the, the voiceovers, all of these small things that really bring the, the world alive. Um, well, I'm thinking maybe something along those lines. I mean, for me... Uh, along with other things, though, because for me, there's there's so many different play styles in the game. There's so many different, even though it's such a niche product, it caters for lots of niches within itself. You've got people who enjoy the exploration and just being around the space and being in high tech. You've got people who enjoy warfare. <laughs> um, I think something for everyone in a, in a, you know the missions, voiceovers, changing up things in terms of the graphics would be a lovely addition to the game alongside a shake-up of the fundamentals of solve warfare uh i think that's sort of where i'm thinking and then a bit of you know tech three frigates would be for for more your small gangers i suppose i do think you hit on one thing which is it's either going to have to be so incredible that it fundamentally fundamentally impacts every aspect of the game positively or at least interestingly or they're going to have to do something for everybody, like less impressive each specific feature, but like a wish list item for every major play style in the game. Mm-hmm. And I that's, think, that's like, okay, that's the bar. That's, they're going to have. I don't think they're going to hit it. I, I can't see it unless they've got a rabbit in their hat somewhere. I, I don't see what could, if you like, kind of cater to every particular playstyle out there that you know could do so. I mean, would you pay five dollars an extra for a, a slightly less clunky EUI? Well, we've all moaned about the Eve UI for for decades now. I think the answer to that is no. Yeah, it's uh, they've got about uh, somewhere between six to eight months. I mean, if you want to take testing out, uh, probably about six months to actually roll out 
there was also a question of like, oh, well, if they do lay out, say, items that might come in a year or two years, would enough players stick with them? Would that critical mass of players stick with them? That's a worthy question, but I, I think of the people that are kind of looking at FanFest, certainly where I'm at, you've got to the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, tops. they could do it. It could be done. There is stuff that we've been talking about for the last decade that I want so bad in this game that they they can do it. They can launch something that I'd be like, hell yeah, I'll pay $20 a month for that. Thanks, guys. I don't expect to hear it, but I I, I know that it can be done. I guess one thing I'm kind of worrying about a little bit is if the they do give us the Corp Alliance skins everyone has been asking for, along with the price increase. Like, yes, uh, we're giving you everything you've wanted, and you're going to have to still have to pay for those, and also pay for this extra subscription fee. Pay more to let us monetize you more. Yeah. that If that comes out of their mouths, I... To, I can't imagine a po- that positive a reaction of the FanFest crowd. I'm sure some people will still like it, but man, that's that's kind of rubbing salt in the wound of the player base. I'd be interested to know some of the metrics behind, you know, who who they need to, uh, what type of player then they need to to satisfy to in order to survive and keep going with this extra investment, you know, and are they going to target the content changes to? a specific group then because you know for me i mean one of the things that makes eve such a unique game is is the fact that it's almost impenetrable in terms of its learning curve and its unforgiving game mechanics uh, interestingly um you know if you look at uh, games overall i mean when i started playing games in the 80s that's what they they were all like that you had one or one to three lives and and if you died you start again you have to, you have to load the game up for another 20 minutes but this year we've seen an example of the modern gamer you know, really wanting something impenetrable and unforgiving, and that's Elden Ring. Um, so, will it cater for that? Our, you know, the crowd that are the more sort of try-hard, um, please make me suffer kind of group. But then you've got the group that just like to chill and mine and explore. I mean, perhaps are they the ones that that are going to prop this game up for the next five years while things sort of while the game survives if you want uh, i don't know i don't know which which the metrics would be very fascinating to look at a little transparency would go a long way in this kind of discussion but you know it's difficult for a business to take that risk i don't know usually quite tightly guarded the, the risk is the risk is great right now they're in they're in a lot of risk yeah true <laughs> I mean, if they launched their first-person shooter and tied it into EVE, that would be worth the price increase. Would it, though? I, I think so. I mean, if they, assuming that it didn't flop and fall apart and fail like the last one. But like, I think that if they... I think, like, when you said major content increase, I was thinking, like, that's, that's the sort of caliber I would have to see for me to be, hell yeah, I'm going to resub all 20 of my accounts for $20 a month each and play this game forever now. But with so with with lots of games out there that kind of that are free to play that that hit that mark so much better. I mean, Eve Dust Five One Four, you know, died a death. The the tech demo they did for the kind of the the 
the kind of the first person shooter thing died a death. I really don't. This is not Eve's thing, and Eve. And, and I think if CCP's kind of master plan was we're going to make an FPS shooter, I, I just it's just like and I'm like, if if you you've tried it twice, guys, and it's already burnt to pieces, please don't try it again. I, I Certainly agree not with. the thing I would I would be willing to pin Eve's future on. If they want to do it no. at a time when Eve is do, going great and the players are happy and the game's numbers are up and it's growing, and they're like, hey, we want to capitalize on our success and expand into this FPS thing. I'm like, yeah, all right, let's do it. But we're not there. Uh, they're specifically, like, to me, don't have confidence that they're going to be there before the company has to fire people. Because why else would they... Inc- why else would you pitch this price hike now instead of waiting until the game was in a growth space? I agree. And I, I simply highlight that like it could be done. I don't expect to hear announcements that will that will make everyone resub all of their accounts for full price forever, right? But I just I think it could be done. There's enough out there for everybody that has been talked about that could be included, but I don't expect to hear it. I, I look forward to seeing what it is. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk of people not turning up to the fan fest thing or coming in a uh, in a red shirt. My my personal pitch would be some kind of candlelight vigil, and when you're when you've convinced yourself that you're not going to subscribe anymore, you blow the candle out. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of interesting things that that could happen. I'm definitely going to go. I'm not going to be one of the people that boycotts. I do want to be there, just to I mean, for no other reason than to just take in the vibe of the room and be able to report about that. Uh, I I don't want to be CCP Berger right now. He has <laughs> the worst job because when he goes out on FanFest, the next hour of his life is either going to sink or save a multi-hundred million dollar company. And everyone is going to be looking at him with glares in their eyes. He's going to be painted up with laser beams from the audience until he manages to say something that they really want to hear, that they want to hear at least 33% more better than any other Eve announcement before it. One of the reasons reasons I came to play Eve eventually uh, was because I wanted to be on board when these dramatic, uh, you know, things were happening. I want to be part of this this long-term story in, in some way. And I certainly feel like I'm getting my money's worth at the moment. I just hope that uh, there's more to come and this isn't the beginning of, of something else. Um, but, you know, people have said the game is ending for a long, 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 long time. Um, I, I joined when I did main, partially because I, did, I didn't want to miss, miss out on the end. Um, I hope it'll be a year in 10 years to come. Um, I hope that, that whatever it is, is, is dramatic and uh, bold and uh, isn't just more of the same. Um, that's my personal feeling. But of course, I will completely give in if whatever it is works. I've already signed on to go down with the ship. So, I mean, despite the price rise, when I saw the announcement, I was like, oh, that sucks. All right. And I was going to continue paying it anyway. I mean, if the if this week's numbers compared to last week's numbers are any indication that the problems haven't started yet. So one thing about this is people have already paid their subscriptions for next month, most likely. Um, I'm not sure some people are month to month and may have canceled, but for the most part, I would imagine people are going to be coasting a little bit. So people are going to be playing theoretically, and we should see the drop off over the next couple months. But 
As for right now, the game is humming along. People are logging in like they normally would. That's, I guess, the best sign TCP could hope for for right now, that, that there's no Jita riot happening straight away. But I think it's also telling that there's no Jita riot happening straight away. Like People are past the point of riots. They just don't care. I completely agree with that statement. I was I was amazed. Like Jita rioting means that we're we want you to do something about it. <laughs> this this was a drop the mic and walk or sit down and play. Yeah, I think mostly I've been I've just heard people are just done. That's how I've heard it. Or some people are like, yeah, I'll, I'll play for one account, but I'm not multi boxing anymore. That's a lot of what I've heard as well. Which is cool, the players are still there, but to me that's a trailing indicator that they're probably going to quit because the apathy is kind of set in. And I think going from that to I just don't feel like playing anymore at all is not that hard of a turn. <laughs> I really love to be wrong. It just I've got like such a bad feeling about this. I mean, I don't want to go too much into the speculation side of it, but you know, there, there was a strong suggestion from CCP Paragon that following FanFest there would be further announcements of special offers or, or um, a plan to make multi-accounts uh, more viable uh, for people. Um, I don't know if that'll be enough. But if for some reason, it feels like the idea of multiple accounts is not what they want to have in terms of their customer base. I think it feels like they, they I don't know, almost rather you didn't. Um, does it cost more? Uh, you know, are there just too many assets on on the server and too many instances? Is it is it too demanding? I I don't. I wouldn't think so. From a company perspective, it's great. You get uh, um, more value per customer. You'd you'd think so, right? Simple as that. Yeah, which helps your customer acquisition costs and a, a whole number of other things. Now, maybe the argument is it's squeezing other players out of engaging in those activities, but outside of a few people who like multi-box entire fleets by themselves. And even those folks are pretty social. I, I just don't know that that holds up. But I, I do get your point because if they did want to keep those multi-boxers as clients, customers, excuse me, they probably would have just, you know, announced those along with the announcement to the price change. Like, why would you w release that weeks later? That makes no sense. Yeah, and they've only hinted at you know that that's their intention and and that it, it should happen. And they haven't really come out strongly and said, you know, don't worry if you've got you know the more accounts you have, the the, the economies of scale can apply to you. There's, there's been no sort of reassurance in that way. There's just been this sort of wait for FanFest uh, sort of mantra, which I understand, and I am waiting, and I am very very eager to see it. I'm quite excited actually. I just hope that after watching it, I'm I'm also you know in a state of excitement and not in a state of, uh, like, okay, well, down with the ship, as you say, uh, Diamond, I will too. I'll be down, going down with the ship if it happens. I think if there's one encouraging thing, it's that I did post out to everyone in Noir that until things got sorted out and we saw what happened at FanFest, if anyone couldn't afford their subscription, that the corp would pay the difference. I haven't, at least as of this recording, had someone DM me and was like, yeah, this is going to price me out of the game. So that is the one slightly encouraging thing from our end. But I really do fear for the cascading effect of this. If it's more than, I don't know, 20, 25%, 30% of the player base that drops, hell, even if it's 30%, let's say if it's more than 25, I would really worry about damaging the social fabric of the game to the point other people quit or get less invested. 
And that's going to come around to us eventually because we're mercs. We rely on people caring enough about the game to like care if they win or lose or to hurt other people or, you know, they got to spend extra money to make sure they win the next fight or win the next campaign or get revenge on those guys. If that level of investment stops, that's our play style gone too. Yeah. We'll see. The emotional, emotional investment is, is heavy, isn't it? And as you say, that cascading effect is lingering in the background and is a risk. It's all going to come down to FanFest. I think uh, anyone that hasn't already said that they're quitting has kind of held their breath for the most part. All right. Let's move on to the shout-outs real quick. Shout-out to our Golden Elite subs- subscribers. Acer Card, Bodie Wilson, Fade Atreides, Kestrel Swainson, Krav, Mark Havoc, Ting Tengu, and Tweak. Thank you for continued support in these trying times. Declarations of War not increasing its prices. I'll make that guarantee. <laughs> uh, and I want to give a shout-out to everyone going to FanFest. Uh, boy, I hope I get to see some people. Uh, there's already been less buzz about this FanFest than I thought there would be, considering it's been the first one in like three years. I was excited to go on that selling point alone. But, uh, yeah, over the past two, three months, got to admit, I kind of wish I didn't book that flight. (laughs) But uh, I will be going, and we will report on what's going down. And if you're coming to FanFest and you're hearing my voice right now, make sure you come up and say hi. I want to see everybody that listens to the show. Diamond? Oh, my show is going out to Akbad uh, from Noir, who is leading our uh, AG tournament. Uh, he did a Discord closed stream, and I was watching the tournament stream on my other monitor, and it was really quite amazing. Uh, you guys did a great job, and I'm super proud of you. Keep it up. Leif? Um, on a similar vein, um, we had a nice little scrim with some uh, some uh, opponents who were very nice. And in one fight, they uh, shot their own kid soon, uh, which which um, I think they tried to blame that on their loss itself. It was such a nice moment, and since I don't play that much, that, that forms my highlight for this week. Oh, I dropped my – I didn't drop my highlight, rather. Uh, I made an e-video for the first time in a long time, highlighting uh, one of our recent NPSI fleets themed around the Griffin Navy issue. So if you want to check that out, take a look at my YouTube channel. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, let's have Zero, your highlight and shout-out. Oh, for me, my highlight has to be uh, Noir giving me the opportunity to play in uh, the Anchor Games tournament. And playing in that uh, Opens earlier, that was just, that's obviously for me a one-off event. And again, something that I'm glad that I was around for. Um, so thank you for that, Noir. Um and then my shout out. Well, there's been quite a few people who've been reaching out to me recently. Uh, newer players, sort of interested in PvP, perhaps you know very new, so so interested in noir, but not quite um, with that sort of experience, perhaps, and looking for tips. And some of that has come off the back of our MPSI program. And um, I, I could name several people, but there's one in particular that I want to mention named Ara5, who uh, has been playing the game now for about two and a half months um, and has managed to, well, last weekend, reach the top of the Tama killboard uh, in terms of solo kills, which uh, is a very impressive feat, I think. Uh, mostly yeah, that is, uh, that's not easy. So, um, yeah, I mean, Ara5 has been very, very keen on PvP ever since starting playing the game and has managed to, you know, get in with the community and has 
been the benefit really of some generous uh, players with advice and and funding and things, and has managed to just sort of make PvP uh, their main playstyle, um, self-funded PvP in Tama all day every day sort of thing, um, and is still trying to master each tech one frigate and is, says they have a long way to go. But uh, I mean, for me, I'm just it's very impressive, and I think uh, one of the Tama corps has now picked them up. So. Uh, be interested to see what, what happens in the future for them. So well done, Arafai. All right. That's where we're at. Wherever you are, wherever you're flying with, good hunting listeners. And despite all of this, Nora is still recruiting. I am still going to FanFest. I still hope to see some of you at FanFest. And if you're listening to this and you're you're feeling distressed, um, you know, yes, things could potentially be bad, but they're not bad yet. So try not to think about it and just enjoy the game for what it is. Keep your head high. Take care of yourself and everybody else around you. And we'll see you on the next Declarations of War.